Good morning, everyone. Glad that you are here. And those watching online, glad that you are here. Now listen, remember, we will be uh, moving toward it. We will be having just one service next Easter, um, which means that there could be some uh, um, uh, struggles with parking and different things. So I would ask so we can have one service. Those of you um, that are members here and have been for a long time, next week will you think about parking um, toward the garage and will you think about parking back behind and leaving as much up front as possible and would you also consider uh, uh, moving forward and uh, I've always got plenty of room and I don't stink and even if I did stink I'm not down there very often and you can join me right here on this front row okay so we can have a good time all right and make plenty of room for everybody next week so we can do one service all right all right, guys, <clears throat> remember our mission is to bring glory to God by loving Him the most, loving others as Christ has loved us, and by making disciples of all nations. And our vision is to have a clear pathway that people can grow in those areas, and we believe we grow in those areas by being in this worship service together where we, are, uh, where we worship, we hear God's Word, and we walk with Him. Um, and being in a small group where you're known and cared for, uh, and then being in, even in a smaller group, in a D group of the same gender, where I believe you're held accountable uh, uh, to, to just the disciplines of God. I'm doing a discipline right now that I've started this week, and the, this past year I do it weekly, and if I didn't have a friend of mine doing it with me, Many of those times I'd quit before that day was out. But because I, I have a friend that's holding me accountable, we're doing it together. Okay. Um, our values are grace, truth, and growth. And title of today's message, it's still the same. Jesus is worth it because Jesus is better. And we're going to be looking at Hebrews 2, 5 through 18. This morning, Hebrews 2, 5 through 18. I know you read 9 through 18, but if you remember, I only did four verses last week, so we're picking up a little bit. Um, last week, if you remember, we looked at the first warning of the book of Hebrews that we found from the book of Hebrews. There's six warnings. We looked at the first one. You remember what it was? It was to pay close attention to what you're hearing about Jesus. Because if we don't, we will drift away from, we're prone to drift away from Christ, we're prone to leave Him, but also we pay close attention because we're going to be held accountable by God. And then the third reason that we uh, pay close attention is that the message of Christ is trustworthy and good. This week we're back to the ideal of Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Before we begin focusing on that thought, the writer wants to take us a little bit to look at ourselves. And that's always fun, right? To look at yourself. Do you ever look at yourself in the mirror and say, I wish I was somebody else? Or you just looked at yourself in the mirror and said, get used to it. That's who you are. <laughs> but for whatever reason... Um, so we're looking at ourselves. So turn with me to Hebrews 2, verse 5. And the scripture says, For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, 
What is man that you are mindful of him? What is the Son of Man that you care for Him? You made Him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned Him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under His feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to Him, He left nothing outside His control. Um, In the ESV, a little bit of a struggle here is that they use pronouns he and him. And the ideal is, is probably if you're reading from NIV today, the NIV uses the word they and them. Because what he's talking about in these first verses, and we'll watch the transition happen, is he's talking about um, the creation of man. He's talking about us. He's talking about how we were uh, made in the image of God. Therefore, we're crowned with glory and honor because we're made in his image. Not only are we image bearers of God, but also the fact is, is that not only are we image bearers, but he also gives to us responsibility and stewardship of all of creation and he placed everything in our control everything and he said to them what be fruitful and multiply why because when you're fruitful and multiply the image of God is increasing in our world so it's the increase of, the, uh, of mankind, the increase of the image of bearers. It's the, it's the increase of the glory of God. And they're in control of everything. But then, will you look with me at verse eight, uh, chapter 2, verse 8, the last line. He said, but at present... We do not yet see everything in subjection to Him. At present, right now, we do not see that. So, what happened? Well, we know what happened. A fallen angel showed up in the garden where Adam and Eve were at, began to lie to Adam and Eve and say to them words like this, Has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the field? God said we can't eat that. Said we'll die. Has God really said that you'll die? He began to cause them to question what God had said. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that God would kill you? Do you really believe that? And guys, look. The, the reality is, is it's not changed. You and I are still walking down this same path. The enemy still has the same lies, and it's still questioning God and what he'll do, whether what God has is good or whether what God has is bad. So at that moment, in that reality, what took place? Remember, mankind has been given control and <coughs> control has been given responsibility for all of creation. This was a fallen angel tempting them. They had every right to rebuke him. But instead of rebuking him, they submitted to him. You and I will do the same thing still to this day. It carries down. Adam and Eve are our father. They are our father and our mother. 
and where we had the opportunity to rebuke him, instead we submit to him. When this took place, this is what happened. I think I have a slide for this. We traded our crown of glory for shame. We submitted to Him. We traded our crown of glory for shame. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and we find ourselves in shame. We traded life that was abundant and good for death. Listen, when, when this is the gospel message, would you get this? If you don't ever get anything from Pastor Chris, would you get this? The gospel does not make bad people good. The gospel makes dead people alive. You don't ever get anything else. You get that from me. Get that. We traded life for death. We traded freedom Freedom from the fear of death, freedom from, from the enemy, freedom from this fallen angel. We, we, we traded this freedom for slavery, and we'll look at that closer today. We traded peace for war. You and I are in it, not just wars that are taking place outside of us, but we traded peace for war that takes place inside of us, the constant tension and strain that you and I have to not do something or, or we want to do something. Our spirit says, let's not go down that route. And our flesh says, oh, but I want to go down that route. And we're in this constant battle between our spirit and flesh. I don't know about you, and sometimes I wonder, why does the flesh win so much? <laughs> why does he get to win? But then we traded peace for war. We traded joy for sorrow. But now, look with me at verse 9 now. And, and may, I, let me not leave without saying this. As the crown of God's creation, and we need to know that mankind was the crown of jewel. Uh, he was the jewel of crown. He was the crown of jewel of all creation. And as the crown of God's creation goes, so goes creation. Boy, and haven't we dealt with that, right? We, well, let me explain that to you. You and I war and wrestle with our flesh and our spirit. We're in this battle. We, you and I constantly are in this uh, temptation to do wrong or we're in a test uh, of how we're going to respond to it. We're going through something. We're coming out of something. We're going into something new. There's unknowns. There's troubles. There's always something going on in our lives. And the reality is, is, a lot of times we find ourselves groaning for something different and something better. We want something new. Guys, as, as mankind went, so creation went. Boy, and I tell you, we have had a month where creation has groaned. He has groaned with winds. 
He has grown with tornadoes. He has grown with fires. And he continues to grow. Creation continues to grow for that day of redemption also just as you and I did. Because when mankind fell, creation fell. And not only do we groan for that day, but also creation longs for that day of renewal. That day to stop, to change. Now, look at verse 9. Now there's a transition, and it goes from mankind to a different place. Look at verse 9. But we see him for a little while was made lower than the angels. Namely, Jesus. Let's just speak very frank here. He was made lower than the angels for 33 years. For a little while. Made lower than the angels. You see, where we're headed in this passage, where the writer of Hebrews is taking us today, is to the humanity of Christ. To the flesh. To the humanity. Do you realize? I told them in Sunday school this morning. I have, I have had many arguments about the deity of Christ, about whether Jesus is God or not. But I have never had an argument over whether Jesus was human or not. Everybody will agree that Jesus was a person, but Hebrews brings out what about his humanity let's look at his humanity look in verse 9 but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels namely Jesus crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death mankind was crowned with glory and honor why Because we were image bearers of God, we were made in the image of God, so therefore we were crowned with glory and honor. But then what do you have here? You have Jesus being crowned with glory and honor. Why? How? Because of His death. His death. You see? See, we begin to talk about His humanity. Why? Because... Had Jesus, listen, you realize this, right? God can't die. There's no killing an infinite God that has always been. God had to be made lower than the angels, had to be made into flesh in order that he might die. So in creation, man was crowned with honor and glory. In Jesus' death, he, Jesus was crowned with honor and glory. And in, his, in, in creation, we gave away to the enemy, but in Jesus' death, He took back what we gave away. Look at what Jesus took, away, took back. He took back our glory. He took back our life. He took back our freedom. He took back our peace. And He took back our joy. With a fallen angel, we gave those things up. At the cross of Calvary, Jesus took those things back. These are yours. Now, look at the verse 9 again. 
But we see him for a little while was made lower than the angels. Namely, Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Guys, today, hear me. Because of Jesus' humanity, you and I share in his death. You say, well, what does that really mean? It means this. Galatians 2.20 said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. The life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Because we're in Christ... Because of what Christ did, we share in His death. Galatians 2.24 says this, To those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Our flesh and our passions and desires, hear me when I say this. Guys, you and I are fighting in a battle that has already been won. He has already completed it. We are in Him. We shared His death. It's died. But it doesn't, you say, man, if we've shared in His death, what's going on in my life? What's happening here? Hey, back row, I need you all to pull it together with me, okay? Okay. Now, let's get to what we're talking about here okay verse 9 but we see him for a little while was made lower than the angels namely Jesus crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone we're in a process we're in a process but we are moving what we are fighting from a place of victory. We're fighting from a place that He has already won. We're crucified with Him, died on the cross already. Look at verse 10. It's not only that we share in His death. Look at verse 10. For it was fitting that He, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their, found, of their salvation perfect through suffering. For it was fitting that He for whom and by whom all things exist. He's bringing us to what? Glory. We share in His glory. We share in His death. We share in that where He's returning it back to us. That's what He did at the cross. That's what He did in His humanity. Watch verse 11. Verse 11 is next. We share in His holiness. For He who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why, it is, that is why He is not ashamed to call them brothers. The ideal of being sanctified is, is that we're holy. We're sharing His holiness. Have you ever considered and thought about this? That Jesus is the only human that ever walked the face of the earth that endured temptation. 
from Adam all the way to you and I, there was never a time that anybody ever fell before the enemy, tempted by the enemy, and won the way that Jesus did. Jesus is the only one. And he did it perfectly. He did it right. He was perfect in His holiness. And that, would you get that? You and I share in that because of the cross. It's not that you and I are holy. It's that we're in Him who is holy. He has made us holy like Him. I've said this before and I'll say it again. It's as if Jesus took a test and give it to us and said, sign your name to it. It's yours to turn in. His holiness has become ours. Okay? Now, let's continue to think about His humanity in verse 14. Look at his humanity in verse 14. We continue to think about it. Next, we see this. Not only do we share in his death, not only do we share in his glory, not only do we share in his holiness, but since before the children of... Uh, but, but, but since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death... Would you... Get that? You, you've never negative thought, positive thought, overthinking, underthinking, misunderstandings, temptations, tests, mind that travels a hundred miles an hour, a mind that won't travel at all, flesh that wants what it wants. In every way, look at that, he himself likewise partook of the same things. Every single thing that you and I face, every single thing that you and I deal with, Christ dealt with. Christ done it in every way. But in his flesh he dealt with it. Why though? What did it say? that he might destroy the one who has power of death. That is the devil. That he might destroy the one who has... Listen, how does one destroy the one with the power of death by death? What causes death? Sin. So a sinless one killed sin and killed death by dying in their place. Did it. And not only did he kill sin and kill death, he, de he destroyed the one who has power of death, that is the devil. Can I remind you again that we're fighting from a place of victory. We're fighting. There's a process. We're putting to death. 
We're growing, we're praying, we're fighting, but we're fighting from victory. Look at verse 15. Not only did he destroy the enemy, but he also delivered us to freedom. Look at verse 15. And deliver all of us who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. See, he's delivered us from fear of death because why? Because death has no hold on us anymore. It's not that you and I are not going to physically die. But it's that when we die, we're going to live forever. We're going to have eternity. And it's going to be life forever, not death forever. He delivered us from the fear of death. We're subject to lifelong slavery. Okay. Now I want you to look at, drop, skip verse 16 and come to verse 17. And we'll come back to 16. Therefore, he had to be like his brothers. Here it is again. In every respect. In every way, in every way that you would say to yourself, I wish I wasn't like this. Jesus was like that. In every way that you that you say, man, I wish I didn't think like this or struggle with this or have this. Jesus was like that in every way, yet without sin. He dealt, he struggled in every way such as us. Okay, listen. What he said. So that he might become... A merciful and faithful priest, high priest in the service of God. See, when, with Jesus understanding and knowing every single thing and dealing with every single thing that you and I deal with every single day, it allows him to be a merciful and a faithful high priest. Can somebody remind me, what does it mean to receive mercy? Not getting what we deserve. Now, will you put faithfulness in that? We're not getting what we deserve, and He's faithful at that. So you to realize this about Christ is that he continuously, day after day, does not give us what we deserve. Wow, we ought to shout, but you know the reason we don't shout over that? The reason we don't shout over that is because you and I think we deserve better than even what we have sometimes. We don't shout over that because you and I don't think we deserve to be in the position we are right now. But if we could ever get a hold of what we really deserve, and that's every drop of wrath that was poured out on Christ is what we deserve every day. And we get a hold that His continuously, every day, not giving us what we deserve. 
is unbelievable. Now watch. What's the rest of this verse 17? So he had to be like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. To make propitiation for the sins of the people. See, he can't just give us he can't just give us mercy. He can't just say, here's mercy. I'm not giving you what you deserve today. I'm going to withstrain from that. He can't just do that without first the judgment of God against sin being taken care of. And when he says, I am the propitiation, the word propitiation means that he has satisfied the judgment of God, satisfied the wrath of God that was being poured out on mankind. Think with me about this. Jesus drank every drop of the wrath of God that was in the cup. Not one drop was left. Jesus was like a sponge that soaked up every drop of the wrath of God. Took all of it, every bit of it. And because He took all of it, because He drank all of it, it was because of that that He can extend mercy to you and I. Now, look at verse 16 and 18. Jesus delivered us to freedom. He's killed all of this in his flesh. Look at verse 16. Next, he is our perfect helper, not just merciful and faithful, not just our propitiation. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Surely it is not angels that helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Look at verse 18. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Do you, do you see the help here? Because he suffered the same way that you and I. Jesus did not come to help angels. He came to help us. Because he suffered when tempted, he gets us. Have you ever thought about the idea that God could have had Jesus born in that manger and then took him to a castle and kept him until it was time for him to die? But he didn't. He suffered in every way, like you and I. You know, I have never heard anybody say this. I would like to have the life that Jesus had. You ever thought about that? Oh, some of us would say, I'd like to have his character. Some of us might would even say, Man, I, I, I'd like to be able to understand the Father and have that communication with the Father like he did. 
Some of us might would even say, boy, I'd like to be able to heal like he did. Some of us might would say, I'd like to walk on water. Some of us would say, I'd like to, man, I would like to multiply the food the way that he multiplied it. But not many of us would say, I want a life where I'm rejected by my family. I want a life where I live homeless. I want a life where people reject me and ridicule me, talk bad about me, don't let me in their game. Not many of us would want a life where one of your own followers would turn you over to go to a mock trial where you'd be lied about where it'd be just unruly, and then allow a mob outside that's stirred up by the people to vote on whether you lived or died. To not have a family, and then to die at the age of 33. I don't think any of us want that life. But that's the life that Christ lived for us. And He understands everything that you and I go through. He is our greatest helper in closing. This is Jesus for us. Jesus is the most merciful, most faithful most gracious, most loving, most kind, most generous, most humble, most patient, most joyful, most peaceful, most gentle, and most understanding person in all the universe. And this Jesus is at the right hand of the Father working for us. He is better he is better and he was in the flesh for us worship team will you come as we stand and worship together I'll ask you to just whatever God would have on your heart however God has spoken to you respond in whatever way that is there Let's stand and worship together. If you want to come and pray, come and pray. If you want to come and talk to me or somebody else, we're here for that.
to my own. I am. Thank you, Christ. Different ones coming from different reasons. Rebecca's new at Bridges and she wants to come back to God. Wants her family back. We prayed with her because I believe this, that because of the cross, we can have back what the enemy takes. That's because of the cross. We're going to do communion a little different today. Would you just... He said, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you, doing remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is in the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you do it. Drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. What you proclaim is victory. Whoever therefore eats or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood. Let a person examine himself and so eat the bread and drink the cup. As if we, you say, what does all that mean? Well, in the context of what was going on here, they were coming together and some were bringing their meals. And some were eating and getting full and getting drunk even, and others were doing without. And Paul said, I don't commend you in this. Paul said, this is not good. He said, when we come together to do the Lord's Supper, man, may it be about honor and worth and the worth that we give to Him. Watch this, though. I want you to see this one more thing. And the worth we give to each other. See, when we take in communion together, man, it's a, it's a grace that takes place in our life that, that opens up to us to see things about ourselves and about Him that we may not have seen. But also, guys, it is saying, I care about the person that's sitting beside of me and the person in front of me and the person behind me. It's saying I want to be sure that they have what they need. That they're not doing without and they're not going without. And I have plenty. But it's giving honor to our Lord and honor to each other. And this morning we're going to do it together. If you're not done this with, it's the little thin piece of paper. Let me say this to you. If there's somebody in here you don't care for and you don't like and you don't want to do this, you might not should take communion this morning. You might should deal with that before you do. You got an issue with a father, maybe you should deal with that before you do.
in this moment examine in this moment let it be on the night that he was betrayed just a small clear piece on top he took the bread and Larry taught us this and I think it's really good and he broke it well when you break it it's like breaking him because it was us that broke him it was not them it was us and he said take and eat for this is my body and then he took the cup you understand it's the cup of the blood you understand when I talked about earlier about the cup of the wrath that he drunk every drop of he drunk the cup of wrath so that you and I get to drink this he suffered so that you and I can have this and when he took the cup and he blessed it he said take and drink for this is the blood of the New Testament in this last song guys if you still need to come pray you still need to come talk to somebody let's come and talk let's share together sing this last one
slide back up there of the message I just want us to read this before we go Jesus is the most merciful most faithful most gracious most loving most kind most generous most humble most patient most joyful most peaceful most gentle and most understanding person in all the universe. And this Jesus is at the right hand of the Father working for us. Amen. <laughs> Guys, go and have a good day. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.